Hello friends and welcome to Mendu Disney, episode number 142, Stop and Smell the Roses. I'm Tom and joining me tonight is Matt. What's up everybody? And that's it, just Matt, no Pete tonight. So uh, we are obviously three guys who want to help make the most uh, of your Disney World vacation as well as bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. So we are here with episode number 142, obviously, Stop and Smell the Roses. On the first take, I I forgot the episode name, so we had to start over fresh, but that's because I usually don't do the introduction. So uh, yeah, Matt, you're, you're back. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be back. Um, I, did, I did get a little upset about not being included, but like I said, the last time I was on the air, you know, y'all just don't tell me Disney-related things sometimes. I mean, I'm just the third wheel. Um, Huey, Dewey, or Louie, I can't remember which one, but I'm whatever the red-headed stepchild is. Well, I am, uh, I'm not going to get into all that here. Obviously, um, the episode name is Stop and Smell the Roses. So what we're going to talk about tonight, we're going to talk about nine ride attractions at Disney. And we'll get into what that means before we start on the main topic. But um, as always, let's go ahead and start with the news. I think the thing that most people are, or uh, most people have seen in the headlines is some of the layoffs Disney has had. Um, what happened is essentially you had tons of cast members that were still uh, in furlough, and they have now been officially laid off. In some cases, you had new folks um, that had been at Disney 10, 15 plus years who have been laid off, and so that's probably the the biggest headliner, uh, so to speak, in the last week with Disney news. Obviously, we hate to hear that for the cast members. Um, I mean, that, no way to no way to to sugarcoat it. That's really tough. Um, you feel for them. They they obviously have dedicated a lot of time in their life to uh, to working and, and creating magic at Disney, and unfortunately, they won't be able to do that anymore. And that's just uh, another side effect of what we've had to deal with um, with with the coronavirus. Right? We've had you had the parks closed for multiple months, and you had low attendance levels, and uh, Disney's while it is expensive for the consumer, it's also expensive for Disney to operate and run. And I, you know, I, I'm not going to give a comment one way or the other if it's right or wrong on, on what their decision was. I'm just here to report that um, obviously you did see a lot of layoffs, and that'll be sprinkled throughout our news today. Uh, but as we kind of get going, Disney Springs has now extended opening hours. Um, so they had a reduced schedule since reopening back in June, but beginning October 9th, Disney will uh, be open later. It'll be open. Um, till 11 p.m. Uh, currently, 10 p.m.s when it closes, but uh, it'll be open to 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturdays. Each other, every other night will be 10 p.m., but Friday and Saturday will be at 11 p.m. Um, I know I'll be going to Disney Springs on my trip in October. I don't know that we'll be there that late, but I think Disney's having to extend some hours now simply because they did have reduced capacity, but they've started to raise that, and people aren't able to do what they would like to do or have enough time to do. So. Uh, that's one item of note, and I don't have a ton of. This isn't really an order. I'll be jumping all over the place. So, I uh, go into Magic Kingdom. Tom Tom Sawyer Island and Liberty Square Riverboat have just kicked off refurbishments. The uh, Riverboat and Tom Sawyer Island at Magic Kingdom are scheduled to close for refurbishment on October fifth. So, yesterday, with you listening to this on Tuesday, October sixth, and it will remain under refurbishment until early next year. I don't really have any information about what's going to happen, but I would assume Rivers America will have to be drained as part of this closure. 
And so that will be something to uh, to follow. Like I said, I'll be there in a couple of weeks. And obviously, if, if it is drained, that'll be something you can't not notice. Um, another item that I, I think kind of bleeds into the layoffs, uh, Disney does not have minivans. It, it seems like minivan, the minivan service will not return. We weren't big fans of minivans. And I would tell you that these people who drove minivans will have the opportunity to probably still drive Uber, Lyft, or um, across the Walt Disney World property. So I, I didn't think the minivan service was a great deal. I know some people utilized it and loved it. I have found Uber and Lyft to be um, perfect for us, for what we, we've needed. One uh, item of note from the pass holder standpoint, specific annual pass holders can now purchase passes again. Uh, so former annual pass holders who have passes that were canceled or expired after March 16th are eligible to be among the first guests to purchase new ones. The new pass purchases cannot be made online. Inter- interested guests will either need to call the annual pass support line or visit guest relations location. Pass, pass holders who, qualif- who you could qualify will be able to take advantage of renewal rates tied to the former passes. Uh, right now, there are special discounts being offered on hotel rooms and merchandise, uh, roughly 30%, and that'll be both good for in-parks and online at Shop Disney. The reason this is news is because you haven't been able to purchase annual passes for quite some time, uh, pretty much since the closure. And you know, at one point, Pete had mentioned wanting to buy one. I don't think he's going to do that now based on our last Disney trip. I think he's going to wait. But it is, I guess, slightly encouraging for people who either want to buy their first one or they did want to renew and didn't have that option yet that those uh, that, that option starting to become available. Uh, in the coffee world, you got more Joffrey's locations now open uh, across Walt Disney World Resort, uh, including the following locations and hours. So Ticket and Transportation Center at Magic Kingdom, Monday to Thursday, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m., Friday to Sunday, 7 a.m. to Park Closure, and then Contemporary Resort, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. Uh, Joffrey's locations have opened up. And then... Um, one other item of note, Walt Disney World Entertainment has gotten massive cuts. That was a part of the massive layoffs. I, I kind of started with the news saying, so you've got entertainment acts at Walt Disney World that have suffered big losses here. Grand Floridian Society, Orchestra, uh, Yeehaw Bob, and the cast of the Spirit of Aloha show at Disney's Polynesian have all been laid off. So there are plenty of details online. If you want to read about all the layoffs at Disney World, it, it would take probably a whole episode for me. To, uh, to walk through them. And that's Disney World and Disneyland, not, not just one or the other. Um, so that is uh, really, really quick news week, honestly. Um, the layoffs, I mean, that's that's kind of the thing I keep going back to. I, I think of, of all the cast members that have made my trip special, and I think about my last trip to Disney World and how the cast members were working so hard to make uh, make it a, a special special trip and a, a special memory. And unfortunately, you know, they have, uh, they've now been laid off and that's just, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible news. I feel for those people. I feel for their families. I'm sure it's a, a scary time for them, but I, I do hope that, uh, something does come up for them job wise. And, you know, the other thing I keep thinking about one day we will come out of this and, and our theme parks will, uh, we'll be able to have full capacity and things will open back up at Disney world. And, and hopefully uh, those people have an opportunity to go back and get that job. If that's something they really wanted to do. So uh, that is it for the, and we're going to step away for a brief moment to hear from our sponsor kingdom strollers. So your family is coming to Orlando and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane. Isn't your idea of fun. 
but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers, a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. All right, Matt, so I'm gonna give it to you to start because this was kind of your episode idea and you put together the outline for us. And so talk about what, what are we stopping and smelling the roses? What are we doing here? So we have some good friends that are actually in the Orlando area. They're, you know, longtime listeners, you know, uh, they're my friends, but they're also fans of this, of this podcast. They don't listen just for me. I promise you that. But, um, they had a great idea and just talked about, you know, they're starting to go into Disney world with their, um, their daughter, who, you know, is, you know, five, six years old now. And they said that they're doing a lot more things um, that are not actually rides. And they talked about things that are really good for them to get off of their feet, you know, maybe getting some shade um, and just things that are enjoyable for the entire family. And they kind of had this idea of, you know, you guys haven't really talked about this in great detail. Why don't you kind of talk about your favorite things to do that are not rides? Um, If there's anything that you would change about these these attractions, or is there anything new that you would want to put in? So um, I'll kind of give an example. Basically, this is anything that's an attraction at Walt Disney World that you do not move on. So either you're not on a track, you're not in a simulator, you're not in the carousel of progress where you're moving around in a circle, you're not on the people mover, the transit authority, you are just literally sitting still and being and watching something so just being still as well so this whole idea came about with um indiana jones stunt spectacular and uh, my friend actually said you know what if there was a hercules stunt spectacular where hercules is going through you know all the trials that he had to to go through in the movie and you also have you know actors and actresses who are singing and because the the music's so catchy in hercules and so I started thinking about it. I said, you know, why isn't there something like this? And the idea here is that, you know, Disney offers an opportunity for so many people to get their start in acting or singing or doing something on stage. And um, just it's a good opportunity for Disney to take advantage of, you know, everything that they have from their catchy, catchy tunes to their, their, you know, everyone's favorite movies. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. Any questions, Tom? No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And, and guys, to break it down in a, in a real simple way for you, these are the attractions we talk about when you need to escape the sun and the when fast passes were were a thing of uh, planning. These are these are items you probably wouldn't get a fast pass for, but could easily get a fast pass for while in the park. Um, I th- looking over the list, I think I've actually done all of them except one, and and so once we get to that. Uh, we'll discuss. I have a pretty good understanding of it, at least, 
Um, but anyway, we're going to start in the Magic Kingdom. And what we're going to do here, we're going to name the attraction that falls under this category. And then we're going to give our opinion on it. Um, is it something that we think is perfectly fine the way it is? Is it something that we'd rather just they take it out and open up space for something else? Or is there a way we could retheme it and do something uh, do something bigger and better there? So in the Magic Kingdom, we're going to start with one of Matt's favorites, Mickey's PhilharMagic. We've talked about this at length on the podcast. I think there's varying opinions. I know Matt likes the attraction. I'm, you know, I'm neither here nor there on it. It's it's probably not a must do, but it is a nice escape from the heat. I would probably try to either revamp this and and bring it more to what people experience from a 3D standpoint now, um, or I, I, you know, or I'd go to some type of simulator ride experience like like uh, Spider Man over at over at Universal, something like that. So this is for those of you who you know may not be familiar with Mickey's Philhar Magic. You're essentially in an auditorium, and there's a big screen, and it's um you know 3D and 4D. So you know you're having you know 3D visual stuff, and you're having some things you know that you interact with smells, um, just d- different things like water in some cases, and you have you know just four dimensional. So you're you're using your senses as well as your vision. Um, it kind of goes through a, a symphony that's about to happen, a Philhar, a Philhar magic, if you will, and um, it goes through different um, Disney movies, and it brings a lot of your, excuse me, your, your favorite movies to life. So for me, I do enjoy this because I, I do like reliving my favorite Disney movies, but I think it's time for a revamp here, Tom. Like, if you're if you're going to keep it, you need to get more, you need to get more Disney I, IP in here. You need to get more. Um, current movies than what you what you currently have so i wouldn't i would not be opposed to a revamp and i think a lot of the times when we talk about this this topic it's going to be what do you actually have space for so i think that was a really good idea that you you mentioned tom of a simulator a simulator you don't need you know thousands of feet of track you don't need you know a lot of space so what kind of simulator would you want to do here tom like do you have any ip in mind or i mean we're in fantasy land no, I mean I'd keep it geared geared theme to Fantasyland. Truthfully, I mean uh, there's a lot of different directions they could go. A lot of very popular Disney movies that that they could put in here. I mean they could even go back to uh, you know Scary Adventures of Snow White and and do something more modern to give Snow White a featured attraction again. Because Seven Dwarfs truly is more about the Seven Dwarfs. I mean Snow White is featured in the attraction, but um, I would probably go something of that route. Yeah, I mean I thought Cars potentially. You could do a simulator in, in a car. Um, so, I mean, that was just an idea. Um, the next one we have on the list is Hall of Presidents. And, you know, I don't know what... I, I think, Tom, do you like this one or do you get kind of bored here? So, yeah, I don't like American Adventure or Hall of Presidents personally. But I, I don't really see an issue with it. I think it fits pretty well in Liberty Square. I do think from an age standpoint, you know, kids don't have a ton to do in Liberty Square. Haunted Mansion is a lot of fun. And, and that's probably where it ends, right? I mean, Columbia Harbor House isn't even the most popular place for kids to eat. Liberty Tree is is a good restaurant, uh, not a great restaurant. And then, I mean, Hall of Presence, as a, at my age now, I still don't get a ton of enjoyment out of it. You know, if I want to learn more history, I'll go to a museum. I don't, I'm not going to go to Disney World. One thing I have thought about here is doing some kind of live action you know, walk their history, maybe a musical. I mean, we've seen the success of Hamilton, something that's a little less robotic, a little less, you know, just sitting there. And I mean, I think that if you got live action, it'd be a lot better. 
So you, you, you bring up a good point. I don't even think you, you meant to do it, but when you talk about Hamilton, they have talked to uh, Lin-Manuel about potentially doing something with the Hall of Presidents. And, and because he obviously did a fantastic job writing Hamilton, and it's it's ma- I mean massively popular. I'm a huge fan of of the music from Hamilton. Uh, I enjoyed watching. I've not seen the play in person, but I did enjoy watching on Disney Plus. They have discussed with him about revamping Hall of Presidents to maybe bring it to this day and age. And I think that would be a really good move if they tried to to uh, enhance and improve that a little bit. And one cool thing about that is remember Disney does have that relationship with Lin Manuel from Mary Poppins Returns, where he he was fantastic in that in that movie as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think anything live action is I think what I'm trying to get to because one, it opens up employment opportunities for folks who are trying to break into that, that kind of industry. And, and two live action just gives you the ability to kind of freelance a little bit. You don't always have to have the exact same show. And I think that would be something that kind of would freshen that particular attraction up a little bit. Um, Tom, I'm going to let you name the next one here because I threw this one on here and we've talked a lot about it, but I don't know what you do, how, how yeah, you do so better. Swiss Family Treehouse. This is another non-ride attraction at Disney World. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you change it? Do you change it to some Rapunzel tangled? What? I, I don't know. If you have to leave it in the... I mean, I, truthfully, I'd rather I'd rather you build like a like a sweet balcony area. And host dessert parties only up there, because you have you have pretty good views from the top. Like I, I would rather them go somewhere like that. And that's the thing. I mean, we all we talk about restaurants all the time. And restaurants are an opportunity for us to actually sit down and rest our feet, and you know, enjoy a good meal. I mean, I've thought about a couple of things here. I mean, you are in um, this particular part of the of the park where you could have a Tarzan thing. I think you really could because you have Aladdin right beside it. You have the Jungle Cruise. I mean, you could do some kind of Tarzan-y thing that's up in the air. I think you have to go up here is one of the things that, um, just based on the space. So, you tell me. I mean, I, I think that Swiss Family Treehouse is just so dated at this point, and it's so much of a almost letdown, you know, when you do do it, especially if you do it for the first time. I think you don't honestly be let down by it. It's just something that's been there forever. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I think Tarzan could be a good fit, but I'm serious. I mean, there are some decent views from up top. If Disney really put their mind to it, I'm sure they could create some sort of a Tarzan-themed dessert party. Very limited, you know, great views of great views of the castle and fireworks. That would be what I would do with that that space, truthfully. So, when you, just to just kind of talk again about what these attractions are, and I, I don't know, we really did it on Hall of Presidents, but Swiss Family Treehouse, if you don't know, is it's a walkthrough where you just walk through um, a replica of what the Swiss Family Treehouse would have been from the books. Um, it, it's it's interesting when you when you're really little. I think I think it's kind of tough as you get older. There's there's nothing exciting here. There's nothing you get to touch. There's nothing. There's no nothing. No swings that you get to swing on. Um, there's really just up and back down. Is all this is. Um, another thing that I think is really cool, and this kind of gets back into what I was talking about earlier with, you know, having more um, interaction with the park guests and having, you know, live action. Um, Enchanted Tales with Belle. This is really cool. Um, kids can, can join Belle and Belle is, you know, Belle from Beauty and the Beast and she's reading to kids and she reads a short story. She's not there a long time. I don't think it's, you know, a couple hour event. But, you know, they do have the opportunity to have that one-on-one experience with Belle, which is really cool because 
I mean, my wife's inspired by Belle. She loves to read. And that was and Beauty and the Beast was her favorite movie when she was younger. So I think that this is really cool and I'm fine with it. I don't think it should change any of it except maybe find ways to do more things like this. Yeah, so Enchanted Tales of Belle is is much more than just Belle reading. This is the only one I have not personally done. But after I made a comment about it on a past episode, there were a lot of folks who reached out. I have now watched, um, I'll, I'm going to call it a ride video, uh, but you know, point of view video going through this attraction. I wouldn't change a thing about this. I, I think they knocked it out of the park. It's probably something my wife and I should go do on our next trip to Disney in October, just because we've got a couple days scheduled for Magic Kingdom, and it's something we've never done. So I, I don't have any comment to make uh, to make there. The next one on the list, the Frontierland Shooting Arcade. So I haven't done this in probably 20 years, but at one time I did think this was a lot of fun. And even, well, not now due to COVID, they don't have this open, but even pr- prior to COVID, you still saw people in there. Sometimes you saw it packed, you know, especially if you went in the summer. It is shady. It is um, kind of a way to relax and, and not move. Essentially, it's, a, it's an arcade-style shooting game where you shoot at targets. You don't really win anything. You don't win tickets. You don't win prizes. You're just randomly shooting at things Frontierland style. I would uh, probably gut this. I don't think it's really necessary. I don't know if you put in, you know, a little quick service type uh, grab and go type window, or if you put in, um, you know, a bathroom. If you put in just some benches and rocking chairs for for people to sit in the shade, I think that's a nice feature in Frontierland, which you do see. You see that in Liberty Square too. I, I don't think this serves a huge purpose at Disney World anymore. And I. I- Correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to actually pay to play this attraction. This is yeah, one oh, yeah, thing that's absolutely. not included in. Yep, no, no, not included at all. No, you pay, you pay for, uh, you pay. I, I don't know how much it is. I haven't, like I said, I haven't even walked in there. I mean, essentially, essentially, just imagine when you go to your state fair and there's a shooter game that you can play. This is it's the same thing. You're just taking aim, um, and for me, this is right beside Country Bears Jamboree, so I'm going to go right into the next one. Honestly. I just say gut the entire thing. Just gut it all. Like, clear it out. Country Bear Jamboree is so outdated. I don't enjoy it. I've never enjoyed it. And you have that... It's not a lot of room, but it's some room. I mean, if you just think about what's around there. I mean, obviously, you're, you know, you're getting close to Pecos Bills. You have... Um, you, there used to be a pin shop that was right close to this area. I mean, I don't know what you really do, but if you go back, you know... So you're kind of buttoned up against Adventureland and then, um, you know, Frontierland in this area. And I don't know what you can really build next to Splash Mountain if you're going to go gut this entire area. But Country Bears Jamboree is just what you would imagine. It's just animatronics that are singing and, you know, it's just a little jamboree. Um, what would you do? Like, what could you add here? I started thinking about this and I don't know what is, what you can add in Frontierland that fits. That's... Yeah, that's the struggle, right? I mean, I can't unless you put unless you put some sort of like Woody, like Toy Story Woody, something in there, a show, a meet and greet with him or something. I mean, there's Toy Story Land, so you already kind of have that taken care of. I I don't know what you do here. I'm I'm also not a huge fan of the show. I did go see it a couple trips ago. There is more adult humor. Than I remembered. I mean, there are some funny parts and some things that I am even like, oh, I'm shocked Disney still gets away with that. 
But yeah, I, I don't know what you do here. I, I just new show, a new experience altogether. It doesn't have to be a ride. I mean, it can be a non-ride attraction, but just something in that space. And I think when you get in Adventureland, you still have a lot of flexibility with what Disney can do. Um, and obviously you have you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, which is in Adventureland, and you've made you know, your own movies based on that ride. I mean, the Jungle Cruise, same thing. You have Aladdin over there. So what I'm saying is, like, I think that you have flexibility in what you can actually put in Adventureland, and Frontierland is where I struggle. Disney hasn't released a lot of movies based on the frontier or based on, I mean, anything like that. But you see what they're going to do with Splash Mountain now. So maybe that opens it up to something else. And I wonder how long Frontierland is going to be Frontierland. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it remains to be seen. The The last Magic Kingdom attraction we have, I'm not going to do anything to it. Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. You know, if, if someone made me make a change, maybe I'd make it like a Pixar Laugh Floor and have different different Pixar characters come in. But Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor, there are live comedians that interact with the crowd uh, through the monsters on the screen. I think it's absolutely hilarious. It's a different type of attraction each time because it's every every – Every time through, it's a unique audience with unique comedians and unique jokes. I wouldn't do anything. I would do nothing different with this. It's one of my favorite attractions at Disney. And and my my point to that, Tom, would be I want more of this in Walt Disney World, and I want more of this in some of the things we're going to talk about. If you if you're paying attention at home, you know you have Hall of Presidents. We talked about making more interactive. We talked about Enchanted Tales with Belle, which we love, very interactive. And now we're talking about Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, very interactive. I mean, I just think that's where Disney needs to go because, I mean, people want more right now. And when you have these dated things like Country Bears Jamboree or Swiss Family Treehouse or even the Hall of Presidents currently, you know, where how is that going to affect the throughput of the, the big rides? You're just going to have what you've always had. Um, Tom, you want to take the monorail over to Epcot now? Let's do it. Let's. Um, we're going to take the monorail over to Epcot. And we're going to jump right into the World Showcase. We're going to talk about Canada far and wide. So... This is actually something that I think is they've done a really good job with the new release of Canada Far and Wide. You know, I wish there was kind of, I wish there was seating, but if there was seating, the three sixty you know the, the three sixty vision deal wouldn't wouldn't work because you're in a seat. So, you know, I've now seen it on my last two trips. I waited uh, this last trip for a whole show before me. That's how badly our group wanted to see it. I think it's well done. I don't think they should change anything about this. I, I think uh, it was crowded on the last time I went through, and I think they do a pretty good job with it. So the Disney Pixar Short Film Film Festival, I really don't know anything about this, Tom. I mean, I can I, I can imagine what it is. I think I have a good idea of it. Yeah. So they show they show um, various short films that have, have won awards, uh, or sometimes just what you'll see before a Pixar movie. They run through a lot of those in this theater. This is the same theater that I believe Honey, I Shrunk the Audience used to be in. Uh, it's right there in that same area. I mean, if you want my honest opinion, if you want to do something to it, just change it back to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. I absolutely love that experience. But, you know, from what they have there now, I think it's pretty good. It's not something that's an every trip stop for me, but it's a great place to beat the heat. There are some, I mean, Pixar does a great job on their short films. So you get a little bit of the history of how they made each film as well as the film itself and kind of the creative minds behind it. So I like it. Um, it's, I've never been in there when it was full, but I, I've, uh, I've enjoyed it when I have gone in. 
so when you talk about like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and then you know, obviously the Michael Jackson attraction that was there before, you know, you kind of think about what could they do that's similar. Like it, neither of those really ever fit in Epcot, right? So they're really cool, and I agree with you. Like I love the shows. What could you do in Epcot that would be a lot of fun? I mean, Figment maybe. I mean, I, I Figment could be fun. You have but, Figment there. I mean, seriously, that's I wouldn't what I'm do saying. a ton here. I wouldn't change this a lot. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. So I guess, honey, I shrunk the audience. Like it's, that's not going to resonate with people anymore. Like, yeah, leave it with what it is. I mean, d- Pixar shorts are popular. People like them. Now, one of the things I did think about is creating just this being a movie theater where you could actually watch upcoming Disney movies or movies that are in theaters, and you know that would. Now, how practical is that? I don't know. Because unless you're going to have multiple theaters and you're not really affecting you're get the throughput. crushed by the annual – basically, the only people who would go in there were local annual pass holders who didn't want to pay yeah. at a movie theater <laughs> to watch a movie. they just go there to watch it. So um, we're going on now to Reflections of China. And we've long talked about things we want to see in the World Showcase. Um, I, I can take or leave Reflections of China the way it is. But with the success of Mulan lately, I just think this is a huge opportunity to do something. I don't know if it's a live action performance like we've talked about doing or some kind of ride. I don't, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, Reflections of China is not very good. And if I think of the space and I'm trying to stay within our restrictions of the space, I don't know what kind of ride you could do, but I think a live action performance, whether it is, um, you know, Mulan, like tight style fighting, different style of fighting performance, or just something that's important to, um, you know, important to China, some sort of performance in there, I think would get, I'd go watch it. I mean, in my head, I'm just thinking of like, and this is only because I've been watching Cobra Kai, but some sort of karate performance, I would go watch that. Well, I think what's really cool about this idea too, is the fact that, you're in Epcot, you're in the World Showcase, you are not in the Magic Kingdom, you're not in Fantasyland. You can get a little more edgy with some of these some of these attractions. The World Showcase is an adult park. I mean, just be honest, it is made for, it's tailor-made for adults. Are there things that kids enjoy? 100%. But you can get a little edgy here in a live-action performance of something Mulan-related. I mean, I've, r- I've racked my brain for other... Um, other IP that has to do with China, but Mulan's, which is obviously is on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. I don't see why you can't do something here. And I think you just capitalize on it and just, you want to always make Disney Disney. And I think in an animal kingdom, that's where you're going to see the least amount of Disney being Disney going forward. And the same thing to an extent with Hollywood studio. And we'll talk about both of those later, but I think Epcot has a great opportunity to make an adult Disney, which is a little edgy. And I think it's fun. I mean, like you said, Thomas, we watched Cobra Kai. I mean, I watched it too. <laughs> like it's yep. it's fine. It's good. And I mean, I laughed it's, so hard like in a couple of scenes when they were doing so performances. Awful. It's so awful that it's good. Yeah. Um American Adventure, I think this is another one. I'm, I'm sorry. I think I've mentioned three of these four, Tom. But American Adventure is one I think you you really do go maybe the um Manuel route here and just say, let's create something really fun that tells the American story. And I think that you're not going to get Broadway in the world showcase and especially 
not in the American adventure, but you can have an opportunity for people to, to do multiple performances in a day and do something fun and edgy. And, you know, I, I think that you're, you're, you're kind of constricted to, what would you say, 30 to 40 minutes tops for this kind of, this kind of thing? Yeah, probably 30 minutes, especially with the restricted hours right now. And, and I would say American adventure is not the worst thing in the world. Great place to get out of the sun. Um, so I'm overall, I'm probably, I'm probably mostly fine with it. And, and the last one we have here is Beauty and the Beast Sing Along. It's also in the World Showcase. So I think my expectations were higher for this for me personally. I'm not a huge fan of it. But as I think about like the kids that were in the theater, as well as taking, you know, if I were to have kids and take kids, I think they would absolutely love this. And the kids singing in the theater absolutely loved it. It's not as popular with children as Frozen sing-along is. Like, my wife knows Beauty and the Beast soundtrack much better than, than kids do. But this is another one. I, I don't think it was necessary, but I do think that people generally generally enjoy it. So I, I'd probably leave this one as is, but it's not something that I personally like to do on my own. I'm right there with you. Um, so we're, we're done with two of the parks. Wow, we, we went through these. I feel like pretty quickly, if guys, if we've missed anything that y'all want to hear about or y'all want to talk about, please reach out to us. You know how to get a hold of us. You know, you have Twitter, you have our um, email account. You know, please let us know what you what you're thinking. But Tom, let's start us off here in Hollywood Studios. What you got? Yeah, so I'm going to start with Vacation Fun, Matt. I know this is one you have not had the chance to do. This is Vacation Fun. It's an original animated short with Mickey and Minnie. Essentially, what it is is you are you go to a theater that is extremely well themed. And you watch various shorts about vacations Mickey and Minnie have taken. And it's an original animated short. It's wild and crazy. Like I'm not I haven't seen all the Mickey shorts, so maybe I'm 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 I sound out of left field here, but it's a wild time. I'll tell you what. I mean that I, I had no idea what was coming next. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think the theming is incredible. I think the photo opportunities after this as you exit, are incredible. I, overall, I highly recommend people doing this at least once so you can get a flavor for what this offering is. I think Disney absolutely knocked it out of the park here. Mickey looks a little weird in shorts. and Not like not like shorts you wear, but the Mickey shorts. It just looks different than, than Mickey Mouse has for me growing up. But, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it. And I think my wife, I mean, we, my wife and I both were cracked up the whole time. This is one I can't wait to do, and it's one that I have heard from folks that – or in the parks frequently, like you guys, that they do enjoy it. Um, Muppet Vision 3D. I mean, this one is very near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. I mean, I think that I was probably one of the last generations to kind of grow up with the Muppets and seeing them frequently. We've had some Muppet movies, you know, with Jason Siegel that have been pretty good, um, at least funny. I mean, you, you know what you're getting when you get the Muppets. You're not getting, you know, hardcore drama. You're getting just quirky funny. Muppet Vision 3D has been the same attraction since the, my first trip to Disney. Um, there's always been rumors that you know it's going to be it's going to be closing. They're going to make room for something else. I'm fine with it. I mean, I'd like to see them renew some Muppet here, but I mean, it's just not resonating. I don't think with kids like the way it used to. So here here's where I think Disney could capitalize. I'm I'm like Matt. Since my first trip to Disney, it's been the same deal. So they either can just revamp the entire show and create a new one, or just seasonally rotate it, maybe have Muppets at Christmas, Muppets at Thanksgiving. Just start to rotate the film a little bit. 
you could probably even go like Star Tours route and have it be completely random what you're going to sit down and watch. I would like that too. And have three or four different films that roll through there at various times. That would probably help spice it up a little bit and generate some more uh, traffic. So one of the things that we have going on with Hollywood Studios now is at its roots, Hollywood Studios is going to be an actual studio where they were going to produce movies, they were going to film movies, and you were going to be able to see you know behind the scenes stuff with movies. We've kind of gotten away from that with with obviously with Star Wars and then with Toy Story Land, and I am a okay with it. And don't hear me don't hear me wrong. Like I had a dream last night that I was in the Star Wars attraction at Walt Disney World that. That was awesome. And um, I realized quickly it wasn't an actual ride. It was me in my own head, but it was awesome. So I guess what I'm saying is you still have the opportunity to make Hollywood studios about about Hollywood and about movie production and about just the entire movie production, musical production. And I think that you can really do that. Now, I don't know if Muppet Vision 3D, if there's an area to do something more there that's more interactive. I mean, because you have Beauty and the Beast live on stage. I don't miss this. I really don't. I think it's fantastic. It it tells the story of Beauty and the Beast in maybe 20, 30 minutes. I've always felt like the actors and actresses are very talented. I think that you just keep doing things like this. And maybe it's rotating on that stage. Or maybe you create a new stage. But you do something like that. What do you think, Tom? Yep. No, I, I right now they actually have an orchestra playing, and which I think is really good. I think if they rotated that and had the Pixar kind of themed orchestra or the Hollywood Studios themed orchestra with Beauty and the Beast splashed in. I think they could utilize that space really well. I have no real complaints with this. It's a show I see every time I go to Hollywood Studios. I usually will grab a drink or grab a snack uh, right there on Sunset and then uh, mosey, on, mosey on into the theater and, and find a uh, seat. I actually like sitting either really up, really close up front or way in the back because in the back it's just you got more space to spread out. And I mean like the up the quote unquote upper deck, you know, I'll go all the way up there and, and spread out. But um, that's one that I love. And then the other one, and this is kind of what I was starting to talk about with the Beauty and the Beast sing along, the Frozen sing along for, for the first time in forever is absolutely hysterical. The narrators are, I mean, can't miss adult humor all throughout the entire thing. I have every time planned to take a nap in there and I'm laughing so hard that I can't. It also doesn't help that everyone's screaming scream singing all the frozen songs but i mean i I probably do a little bit too i like the i like the soundtrack from the original frozen and so the those are two uh kind of live on stage opportunities at hollywood studios that i think disney does a really good job with 100 percent. the last one on our list here is indiana jones epic stunt spectacular and like i said earlier this kind of was the idea for this episode my friend let me know that she would be interested in us talking about this Hercules does a lot of cool things. And I mean, Indiana Jones is really cool. I mean, I obviously Indiana Jones, like what every boy grows up wanting to be, he's just ridiculously cool, but I wouldn't mind seeing Hercules. I wouldn't mind seeing more Disney things brought in where it's not just a sing along. It's actually like, wow, look what Hercules can do. Let's, let's see these talented people singing and dancing and, you know, doing stunts. Um, I think that'd be cool. I mean, you could actually do Tarzan here. Um, I mean, if you go back to, you know, Disney Hollywood Studios in its heyday. I mean, you had, you know, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, the, the, the show. You had um, American Idol, the show. You had Drew Carey Sounds Dangerous. I mean, Studio Backlot Tour, you actually, you know, were moving, so that doesn't really count. But you had a lot of these things that, 
you know, really did make you feel like you were somewhere, you know, in a Hollywood movie set or behind the scenes. And I think that the, if we can get back to that in some of the park, I think that's going to open up Star Wars and open up Toy Story Land um, a little bit more and just give more opportunity for employment as well. So going to, to Animal Kingdom, and there are, what, five or so attractions within Animal Kingdom that fit this billing. And so we'll just d- jump right in, and we're going to start at the Tree of Life. We're going to start with It's Tough to Be a Bug. I went to see this, not on my last trip, but the trip prior, and I liked it better than I remembered liking it. So my opinion is kind of swayed. Like I would, I'd probably say leave it as is. And just do some fine tuning, cleaning up, and kind of updating the actual show itself, like the just visibility of the show, the picture. But may, there's probably others with a very different opinion. Well, I can tell you the theming for this is perfect. I mean, inside the base of the Tree of Life, and you get down to that that super granular level of you know being a bug in this world. I think that that's fantastic. I would love to see them revamp it. I would love to see Disney, you know, bring something back here because this is an this is an IP that just is never talked about. The only time I think about a bug's life is when I think about it's tough to be a bug, and this opened what twenty years ago, Tom. What, what would you say? How I, long has without it been looking there? it up, so, somewhere around there, probably probably twenty four years ago, something like that. I mean, it doesn't seem like we're that old, but but evidently we are. I mean, I would like to see it updated, renovated. I, I don't know what you do differently. That's my biggest issue. I just don't see what you do differently in that area. Um, the Boneyard is something that I know is near and dear to my um, my wife's family. Um, evidently, my, my brother-in-law spent a lot of time there just digging up for fossils. And that really just occupied him for a while and let them you know sit down and kind of catch their breath. It's fine, I guess. I mean, the entire Dino Land area, I just don't see how, how it's going to be there long term. Yeah, I, I think the Boneyard, for, for the purpose it tries to serve, is adequate. But I don't know that Dino Land is there forever either. So for the time being, this is fine. I mean, look, I would not put it past Matt to actually hop in there and try to play, even at this age, because that, he apparently likes to play in playgrounds. So. Well, no, no. To be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hop in that playground just because I tried to dig up the fossils and they're stuck to the, stuck to the floor. You can't take them. Like I thought I was actually digging for something valuable. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't really do that. So another one that I am also partial to, Up a Great Bird Adventure. I think the story is super corny in some of the lines, but then I realized, like, I'm a grown adult. This is a kids show. You know, I need to stop being so judgmental about some of the uh, some of the lines between the cast members. The actual show itself is incredible. I mean, these birds—they're definitely smarter than I am, and I think my love for nature and you know animals in general maybe is it makes me like this show. I mean, it's not something I do every time, but when I walk past and a show's going on, I try to peek in and see see what they're doing. You know what what bird is out. There are some funny parts to it. it again, it's it's something it's adequate. I don't know what I would retheme it with. I would probably. Uh, I mean, obviously another show, but I. I think you need to show off animals in Animal Kingdom. I know, crazy idea, right? And and they do a really good job showing off the birds here. I think this is what I'd like to see more of done in Hollywood Studios and also Animal Kingdom. You know, like you said, it can be corny. The lines are silly, but they are tying in up 
to something in Animal Kingdom. And Animal Kingdom for me was always just kind of like, oh, here's this non-Disney thing that's in Disney World. You know, we have Cali River Rapids and we have Kilimanjaro Safari and we have um, Dinosaur and we have, you know, there's an Expedition Everest came a little bit later. But you have all these things that just aren't Disney. So, and this was not always up. This used to be just birds in, in a show. And it was kind of like, I felt like I was hanging out with Steve Irwin sometimes and I went to Animal Kingdom because it was just, let's talk about the animals, which I love. Trust me. I'm probably going to die trying to pet an animal I shouldn't try and pet. Like that's how I'm going to go out in life. I'm already, I'm already okay with that. But I like to see Animal Kingdom go back to Disney and they've done it with Festival of the Lion King. And that's the next on our list. Like what a perfect thing for Animal Kingdom. So Festival of Lion King, I, I tell you a funny story. It's probably one of my favorite shows in all of Disney World, and somehow I can still fall asleep in it. And that's just because you're going so hard at Disney, and you like anytime you get to sit down for twenty or thirty minutes, there's high likelihood I'm going to fall asleep. And it's loud. I don't know how I do it, but my brother-in-law also. I looked over. He was jacked up to see the show. We were like the first ones in line for like a ten fifteen showing. He was snoozing like ten minutes in. Just with his with his hand, his hand, his head in his hands and his elbows on his knees, just snoozing, sitting straight up and down watching this show. And so, if you're ever in there and you notice a guy's sleeping, there's a chance it's me or my brother-in-law. But we are enjoying the show. I can promise you that. Uh, this is a really impressive show. I think the I tell you another thing. The the four I don't, I don't want to call them main characters, but but the narrators, the folks that lead each section, and they sing, and they... It's been the same people working the show since 1996, and they haven't aged a bit. They haven't aged a bit. I don't know what Fountain of Youth they've found, but it's the same people. Or Disney, or Disney's cloning folks. I don't know what's going on there. They're, they're going for that that Disney retirement plan. They're saying, like, we're, we're cashing in on this. They look great. Like, it... It looks that they must this this cast must have been 20, uh, 18, 17, and twelve when they started. <laughs> and now they're just they're just getting into their thirties and forties. They look fantastic, and they do a great job at the show. Uh, another musical we're going to talk about is Finding Nemo the musical. I mean, I was kind of I didn't know how they're going to make Finding Nemo a musical. I really <laughs> I didn't really get that, but it, but still, what's wrong with it? Nothing. It's absolutely incredible. And I'm not, yeah. I saw this, it was one of those things, we, we couldn't get in Lion King, so my wife's like, oh, Finding Nemo's in like an hour, 30 minutes, let's walk over there, we have a fast pass for it. Neither, of, or she had seen it, I had not. And that was, a you know, the beginning of our annual passes, and now I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm really, really hopeful that it returns before, uh, on one of my trips when I'm there, so we can see it one last time. So that that runs through our list here, guys. You know, if there's something we left off, like I said in the middle part of this, let us know. If there's something you enjoy doing, if you have ideas, let us know because we we love to revisit this topic another time. You know, Disney's constantly changing, constantly evolving. There's constantly things that we don't know about behind the scenes that are going to pop up. Um, just to kind of, I was about to say tie a bow on it, but I guess I will say tie a bow on this. You know, things we did not include here are like the nighttime shows. Like obviously Fantasmic is a show. It's, you know, on a different level than some of these musicals we've talked about as far as production and length and, you know, the amount of money it takes to put these shows on. But 
We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about fireworks. We didn't talk about parades. Um, we, if you have you know things you'd like to change about those, let us know about that as well. You know, we we love the nighttime nighttime performances, the nighttime shows. Um, let just let us know. I mean, Tom, do you have anything you want to say about those before we kind of move on? No, I I think we've talked quite a bit about the nighttime shows. The only thing I will say, obviously, none of them are being shown right now, which is just disappointing all the way around with uh, the COVID restrictions that that uh, Disney is is the guidelines Disney has in place rather. So. You know, we've talked about them a lot. We love the nighttime shows. They certainly are, are must-see and must-do events, but we just decided not to touch on those as it relates to non-ride attractions. So, you know, as Matt said earlier, if you guys have any questions or we left anything out, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Twitter or through email, and we will uh, we'll address it, you know, on a future episode. But as we wrap up, as always, I'm going to go to the Secret of the Night and Trivia Question of the Week. So, Secret of the Night. Did you know Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge has over 800 unique pieces of original art, which makes it one of the largest places outside of the continent of Africa that uh, holds African art for display. There are paintings, sculptures, and artifacts that fill the lodge's lobbies, hallways, and corridors. So, we've talked about exploring Disney resorts. Disney Animal Kingdom Lodge is up there on the list. And you're basically at a museum. For African art. Tom, I've got a quick question. This is episode 142. Are you ever surprised that you can find a new secret every single episode? No, it's uh, it's it's Disney magic. And with that, I can always find a new trivia question as well. So first, I'm going to visit the trivia question from last week. Uh, the trivia question was, what does Disney do with the Grand Floridian Gingerbread House at the end of the holiday season? The hint I gave you is they don't just throw it away. So... I want to give a special shout out to Dawn. She was the first person with the correct answer uh, that either messaged or emailed us. And I was surprised that, that anyone got it right. So kudos to you, Dawn. But the answer is, it is fed to bees. Yeah, you heard that correctly. So Disney breaks the gingerbread house down when the holiday season comes to an end. And rather than tossing the house into the trash, Disney repurposes all that gingerbread in an incredible way. It goes to a Disney tree farm where honeybees eat the honey off of the house. One thing I'm going to mention here, and I just realized it, I was actually on the last episode. I missed some Patreons. I think I recorded a couple of Patreons. Um, one of those was like kind of like a, a down and dirty recap of y'all's trip. I think y'all, re- y'all recorded that twice. Yep, so we, we broke... We broke that up um, into two episodes. So, yeah, you were on the last regular episode, so that's good. Yeah, I knew y'all were recording. I know I knew you recorded. I can't remember which. But anyway, so, yeah, check out the Patreon if you haven't. Um, I'm definitely going to check that out because I, I, I talk to Tom and Pete way too much, and I just, I'd rather hear it without me interrupting them. So um, what's the, what's the um, trivia for tonight? So trivia question of this week. When asking for the secret menu at Disney's All-Star Movies, what will the cast member point out to show you. Um, so again, when you ask for the secret menu at Disney's all-star movies, what will the cast member point out to show you? You can tweet us at Mendu WDW podcast or email us at Mendu WDW at gmail.com. So guys in closing again, I, I do want to thank you for, uh, for the support. Appreciate you guys listening. Obviously that's all for us this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Mindu WW Podcast. Or if you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at MinduWW at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.